Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hey, Happy New Year, Archons. Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. And I'm bringing in the new year with my best Keyforge friends, Essie Steele. What's going on, Sydney? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We're in the new year. New things are happening. I love it. Yes. And uh, I think 2024 is going to be dominated by grim reminders. And even though we are promised the aspect of another set in the fall, considering it's coming at the end of the year, I think that uh, it's going to be mainly grim reminders for the foreseeable future. And I'm excited about that. Totally. But before we get into a discussion about that, which is in also the near future for us as a podcast, we wanted to talk about the secondary market. But first, let's talk about a little bit of news, which is pretty exciting, is uh, people who went to KFC and had duplicate decks were the whole concept of a twin deck existing and being made to legitimize those duplicates that went out, um, have started arriving in people's hands. And we've seen it on Facebook and different groups showing, hey, I got my twin decks. And uh, that was for the people who started off in bringing the physical decks to KFC. So uh, that means that the process does work. They do create them and they can come out to you. So um, keep on that that prospect and you too can have a twin deck if you so desire. I don't know. It's funny. Like it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Do you want a deck somebody else already owns or do you want one of these like niche, crazy, cool, like unique twin of like only two of these decks will ever exist. This will probably, this mistake will probably never happen again. So the opportunity to have one will never happen again. Like it's, it's cool. What I want to see happen is an Archon tournament where it's a finals and it's both decks having to go against each other. That would be probably the coolest thing and it would never, ever happen. Like once it happens, like I don't know what they would do because like right. technically that shouldn't happen, but it's happening. So I think that'd be pretty, pretty wild to see. Oh, yeah. It's so funny because like on TCO, you can actually end up playing the same decks because obviously it's it's digital. So two people can load the same decks. But I've never I've never actually done that before where I played a specific deck against itself. So that would be really crazy if it happened in person. Yeah. So if someone has a really good one and they know someone has other call that person, hey, come out, let's go to turns. Let's try and make this a reality. I want to see that in the future. Oh, totally. Okay, so let's get into this week's topic, which is uh, about selling decks, basically. Long and the short of it, it's about selling. Is it a good time to be selling Keyforge decks? That's the question that uh, I pose. And I'm actually posing it directly to Sydney because Sydney has been dabbling in the secondary market as of late. If any of you are on Facebook, you no doubt have been inundated with so many messages from... No, I'm joking. It's not that much. (laughs) But Sydney has been active in the Keyforge Facebook group uh, selling decks. I see your auctions going up. And so I wanted to ask Sydney a bunch of questions about this in case um, you out there are thinking about going into the secondary market uh, as a buyer or a seller and just kind of giving some input and information from Sydney's perspective as a seller. Have you been buying any decks as well right now, Sydney? Absolutely. Like I I also okay. You're doing you're doing both sides of the coin. Okay, amazing. Even better. Okay, so first question. This is the the top of the list for me. Is do you notice a trend of what is being sold? Yes, actually, I do. And it's people right now are selling a lot more of their Archon style decks instead of Alliance pod style decks, because obviously, we're waiting for the uh, banned and restricted list. So people like aren't probably going to be biting as much on those uh, the pods, because you never know what's going to be no longer legal to play. But 
what I found is, so what I am actually currently buying are more of those pod style decks because I want to get in before everyone else gets in. So even like, yes, let's say one of these like becomes illegal or combining two of them becomes illegal. I have that option. Whereas if it doesn't become illegal, I don't have that option if I haven't purchased the deck. So I I am doing a lot of like selling of the Archon style because that's where I see a lot of the bites happening, but buying a handful of Alliance pods that I think look amazing. Okay. Is there is there any set you think that is reigning like it's really, this is what people are selling, a particular set? Or do you think that it's been pretty consistent of every set's up for grabs, except for DT, of course, because people underestimate DT. <laughs> so what I've, what I've been seeing a lot of is individual decks that people are putting the time and effort into selling have been more Woe and Vault Masters, but people are getting rid of their whole collections. And I know that that sounds bad, but it is a good time to be grabbing those older set decks because people People are just indiscriminately being like, here's my DOK list. And I have like metal keys and like all of these I little, saw that one. right. You know, like yeah. they're selling all of their stuff all together for a, a single price and they're like, take it. And so for, for those of us who are excited about the uh, prospect of, of like finding a treasure amongst all of that is it's the perfect time to get into older sets if you're willing to get a, a handful of things with it that might not matter as much to you. Okay, so I've I have noticed this like a larger collection amount being sold. And my question is, do you think this is people getting out of the game? Because I, I noticed actually some people they strictly said it was due to a lack of a local scene. So the lack of having the local infrastructure being supported is now actually showing as a negative effect. Yeah. I mean I can't I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I do think that it with the people that are leaving the game and the the bulk sales that are happening are people who are no longer playing. But I, I can do a teeny bit of a silver lining. And if you see it from the perspective of those people are actually seeing activity in the secondary market, they think this is the right time to do it. I don't necessarily think this is like people are choosing to get out of the game right now. I think what people are seeing is a very active secondary market and they are choosing to take that opportunity to get rid of stuff that they were probably already no longer playing. Like these people probably haven't played in a long time, may not have been participating this whole season. They just decided now's the time to get out because things are selling. Fair. Okay, cool. Yeah. I I, I think that at the end of the day, Keyforge is a in-person social game first and foremost. And yep. once we get that going, uh, I think things will, will come back down again. And and the truth is no one really needs a thousand decks. Like you, I, that's where I'm at right now is I, if I'm going to start selling, it's uh, I'm going to be taking a hard look and it's going to be like, did I just bite myself in the butt with a, an Alliance pod that I should have kept? But <laughs> th- the truth is I can't play as many decks. I don't have the time to dedicate to, but I want to start looking at what I really want to spend my time on and uh, maybe going back into some, some Logotarian Luke Leanforge status. So, I mean, Leanforge has never been harder with the concept of Alliance. I got to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I have so many decks. Like, I've actually acquired almost as many decks recently as I've been selling, but also just, like, the the, the money coming in from decks I'm selling is going straight back out. So I, I honestly Fair. feel like it's as much a, a trading situation with, with money just being the medium that that's happening in. Okay, fair. So um, you mentioned that Vault Master decks... And Woe decks seem to be selling the most. 
are people selling so much wool because it's not good? Is that why they're they're selling it? Like, I is love it, that is it, is it lost? Has it lost its luster now? And people are like, I'm over it. It's time to move on. Like, do you think that's what's happening? Well, I, so the, the individual. Not trying decks, to cause controversy or anything. Oh, totally. No, not <laughs> at all. Absolutely. The, the individual decks that I've been seeing being sold for, for Woe and Vault Masters, they're, they're probably what people think they can actually just get the most money for right now. Like the fact that these, these decks have a higher ish SAS or a, like a combo that you would expect in, in some sort of like, like niche crazy situation. Like the, the decks that are going for like Vault Masters obviously are just the unique kind of things that no, you can't get in any other set. So I, I think people are, some people are attempting to do a money grab right now, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. If you have something that somebody else wants and is willing to pay for, then, and you're willing to get rid of it, then, then it's a win win for everybody. But if you, uh, see some more of the decks that aren't selling, like there are people posting things on the Facebook buy, sell trade group that, that aren't moving. And those that are not moving just probably don't have anything interesting about them that is making it more unique than things that people might already have in their collection or things that other people are selling. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, see, I was wondering if, if woe, cause for me, I'm, I've kind of, I understand woe in a way where I'm like, okay, I'm, I know what I want in my woe. And I, and I guess the, the honeymoon phase is over with it to a degree. And I, sure. and I, and I appreciate the unique aspect it brings to playing Keyforge. And, and I kind of love how we get that in this game is every set kind of brings an aspect that is unique to that one set and isn't really replicated in, in another set that you can enjoy. So you get to, when you play those, you know, you get to have that. And so I'm kind of, I don't want to say disenfranchised, but I, I just more don't covet it the way I did when it came out. And I understand what I want to play when I'm playing WoW. So sure. um, I think that's pretty interesting. And there's still some stuff I haven't even gotten like i just opened my first berserker deck the other day so that's oh, my, nice. my first time getting to to play some berserker that's the one i sent you the yeah I, and i'm really excited cool. to test that one out that one looks really cool that's definitely going to have some alliance future in it as well um okay so i just wanted to to throw that out and wonder your perspective from since you're so involved in the buying and selling is is there a reason woe is selling more and you just think it's it's what's uh it's what people are gravitating to so people are playing right the strength of the market basically yeah. And on top of that too, I think one thing as, as a seller that you can do that will make your, your deck stand out is, is actually combating your question directly. And by that, I kind of mean like adding value to the actual deck. And you could do that by like, by playing it and, and listing relevant information. Because like, if I'm looking on the Facebook buy, sell trade group and I see an auction, I see like, five or 10 auctions all at once if I'm just scrolling down. So adding information like why this deck is good, the cool combos in it, things that might actually draw someone to want to play it will also combat the people know what they want to play or people are tired of the same old stuff. Like my most successful sales have been of things where like I've played these decks multiple times. I am specifically listing how these these houses combo together, the the types of weaknesses these decks might have because it's good to know that uh it's it's lacking amber control but it has a ton of board wipes. So I think if you're if you're going to sell decks like looking at the decks that you've played is probably a better a, a better group of decks to pick from than decks that you haven't touched. Okay, good to know. So what made you actually go into the secondary market like this? Was it just noticing that there was an uptick in people wanting to buy or is it 
an, an uptick in people selling? Like what, what aspect made you actually decide, you know what, I think I need to get, become a part of this. So I've been buying on the secondary market pretty much a lot of this year. And I think, I think actually, I guess since I got into Alliance, I've been dabbling in the secondary market. And I think the reason I started selling, and that was a lot more recent is because I just, I honestly thought it doesn't look that hard. Like after seeing so many people do it and being on the buying side and knowing all of the individual details that made things go smoothly, I feel like I just thought, why not? Because there are so many decks in my collection. Like you said, I I own over a thousand decks that I don't need to own that many decks. So I figured if I would just throw them up on decks of Keyforge and switch them from not for sale to for sale and people want to reach out to me, sure, why not? Like the the amount of work it took was so low to actually get the result of a lot of people reaching out to purchase the things that I own that I'm literally never going to play. They're sitting in my closet next to me. And I mean, people reached out for decks that are still in shrink, like they're still in in their, their wrapping because I haven't even played them yet. So it's it made it a lot of sense for me. At some point, I just like switched the flip and, and decided to do it. Okay. And um where are you selling right now? Like, are you are you just selling through DOK? Is it exclusively through Facebook? Where do you find is the the best place to to start having your decks be out there? Is there a combination? Discord. Those are the where- those are the only two I'm selling on right now. So basically, DOK is really easy if your collection is up to date. So on DOK, I actually only have my my woe. And my, some of my vault masters and some specific like coda mass mutation decks up for sale because when the, um, like, like the switchover happened and during the pandemic, I didn't keep my DOK list up to date. So I don't want to just like set them all as for sale and then like not have something somebody reaches out for. Like that would, that, that would, that gives me anxiety. So I, uh, I knew that a hundred percent of my woe collection was up to date on DOK. So you can bulk make things for sale. And I think, although like precursor to all of this, you have to be a certain, um, uh, Patreon level of DOK, but obviously I, I personally think that's worth it simply because of all of the benefit that I derive from DOK in the first place, let alone being able to sell things. But you can just bulk list things. And if you if you select um, the, the same criteria for all of them and you already have, you fill out your um, information on your profile page, what you want them all to read, then doing the bulk list feature is just so easy. And it, it's why like I have over 300 decks for sale right now because that is just how, how I've, I've set it up. Okay, good to know. That is very handy. And then do you think that people wanting to play Alliance are dominating the buyer's market or is it Archon related or can you not tell based on what you're seeing? Because I mean, you mentioned that you felt that it was uh, more Archon based listing, but you as a buyer are more looking to, I guess you're trying to to beat the market in a way of what's going to be good and get in while there's still uncertainty. So have you, do you notice a trend either way or do you think it's pretty balanced? What's really funny is recently I've had some buyers who I know specifically are buying for, I I guess Alliance isn't the right word because what they're buying for, they've reached out for pods for the NKFL Hexad. And so apparently there is a league right now going on. Like I know, I know about the NKFL, but there is a, a league related to pods specifically. 
And so there have been some of my like lower SAS decks that have been purchased. And uh, like you, when you send messages on DOK or like, especially like, cause I have my information, people reached out to me on discord. Like people have asked me, this is for the NKFL. Is there any way you can like send it out soon? I got to get a pick for it. Um, but like they, there have been a handful of people reaching out specifically for that. I don't know about Alliance in general. I don't know about like waiting for to see like if certain things we experienced this year are going to be banned or restricted. There's hasn't been a like a run on my uh, scholar decks or anything. But um, I do think that Archon decks right now, the higher SAS decks have been doing much more successful for me in auctions on Facebook. Like when I'm putting a single deck in the spotlight and telling everyone about it and and making it so that it's really easy for people to just comment what they want to pay for it and then like making it easily accessible for people to buy, that's doing really successful for me from the Archon standpoint. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess Woe is probably the most risky from an alliance perspective because there is not it doesn't exist on a restricted list. So there everything there is still up in the air, whereas the other sets before it have a more like we kind of saw what happened and, and have an idea. And so I think woe is going to be the biggest question mark. And I, and I wonder how soon into the new year we're going to get that list updated. Cause, cause they must know everyone's like, okay, right? come on, what, what's happening. Yeah. I have okay. a library access time traveler deck that I am just waiting. If the, if time traveler comes off the restricted list, like that, that's going to be one of my auctions. Like I'm, I'm ready and waiting to, to part with it. I want to, I want to make it a thing other people can, can get off of me. But like, why would I sell it now when the current default, like if literally nothing else changed, it would be restricted. So that's yeah. the kind of thing there. I'm waiting in the wings with some of these. Okay. Fair enough. So, okay. Do you think the impending new hotness of grim reminders have anything to do with the market being so hot? So people are expecting grim reminders to be it. And as a result, they're like, I don't think these are going to be as relevant moving forward as a result. Like, do you think that is having anything to do with people selling? Like maybe particularly, whoa, maybe they're seeing that grim reminders really combats whoa in some sort of way. Do you think that is a part of why we're seeing this uptick of people willing to let go of certain um, high SAS decks? It's funny you say that. I honestly think it's why people are willing to let go of their decks, but I have no idea why the market is so hot on the buyer's side right now. Because mm. like we've we've talked about before, I am I'm less I'm less I'm I'm not not excited about grim reminders, but I'm less excited about grim reminders than you are. So I am personally really excited to get still get my hands on woe and and explore more woe decks. So that's why I've been doing the buying on the woe side. But the fact that the the market is hot right now for people buying woe, I don't know what that means. It might mean that the market will get even better when grim reminders comes out, or people just want to make sure that like they're hedging their bets. If grim reminders doesn't end up beating woe in a lot of the competitive events, then they've made sure that they've gotten their hands on the good stuff. And people right now might be buying because they know that now is the time before people actually make concrete decisions on whether grim reminders is good or not. And another reason could be that they know that it, they might be getting grim reminders later than everyone else so they want to get their hands on woe so they have it for other competitive events okay good to know and then my last question i have for you is what advice do you have for people selling oh my gosh so many different things um i guess the biggest single piece of advice i have is 
if you're going to be doing this for uh, a handful of your decks, so you're not just like getting rid of one deck or you're not just like bulk selling everything, get a shipping service. And and by that, I mean something as simple as like, I, I use a website called Pirate Ship. And um, it's just simply a website where I type in the address, I can print my label at home, so I can tape it onto my um, package and then just drop it off at the post office. I don't need to wait in line every time I'm selling something at the post office. It also does give me a discount. Um, it's a free uh, service. You just create a, a, a username and um, they they get bulk discounts and they, they pass that on to you. So it's something that I've incredibly been able to benefit from that because it makes shipping so much more simple when I'm I'm dealing with I've I've sent a handful of decks to uh, Italy and and a couple to well a lot of places so I, I've really been able to streamline how I'm shipping things with that service. Um, but uh, I guess another another piece of advice I have is have clean information. Um, and so what I mean by that is like in your, like, if you're going to have an auction, make sure that you have, um, like all of the information, like when it starts, when it ends, uh, the look at other auctions that have been up there to see what kind of information people are providing. And then on DOK, like I said, I, I mentioned before in your profile, there's a section where you can put the information there that will show up on every deck that you're selling. So if you put the information in one place, it'll show up everywhere. So you can have like, shipping information or like who, who pays shipping or even a way to contact you. I've had a handful of people reach out to me on Discord because my contact information is in that piece of information. So if you also like have any restrictions or, or stipulations specifically on how people can buy from you or, or where people can buy from you, that's where you want to put that information. So just be open and communicative and uh, get excited for the wild ride that is the secondary market. Okay, cool. Awesome. That is, uh, that is some great advice. So I love that. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode on the main topic. But of course, we can't end an episode without the titular segment, which we call Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. In Sydney, I actually have one for this week. Uh, so I was invited to play in the Sealed Holiday Invitational Tournament this past a uh, couple weeks ago on the ABR and it's it's the SHIT league I guess they call it so <laughs> a lot of fun emojis in the chats with that and um it I think this was my first time participating in it and it was a lot of fun like you basically get four decks and then you have a group stage and you can play only each deck once in the group stage and then you have to mark that it's been used and then once you get through the group stage in the knockout phase you you get to use the decks again, but under the same principle, you can only use it once in the knockout phase. I managed to go undefeated in the group stage. Nice. I, and I made it all the way to the semifinals where I, I ended up losing in a crazy game. Oh. 27 turn game. Whoa. And we didn't forge our first keys until the 14th turn. And it went like he forged, I forged, like back to back like that. But That's it took crazy. 14 turns. And so... I chose this deck specifically because I knew it was a mass mutations deck that had just insane capture with two effervescent principles. So the idea is it had like Antony's, it had two Lieutenant Grovenals and lots of ways to fight with big Sanctum bodies. So you were like getting that Ember and like smite. So you could basically play them and then smite into catching, capturing two, like things like that and lots of pips. And then you just blow up the board and then effervescent principle to get half of it gone. Nice. And 
I tested this deck. I played it once. I tested it, and I truly hated the deck. Oh, no. Really? I I genuinely hate it. I did not like the deck. I saw what it did, and I found it so cumbersome because of the fact that it was really good at keeping the game, like keeping you in the game and moving forward. But it it felt so laborious the way it went about doing it that I, like, didn't enjoy playing it. And I regretted choosing it because, one, because the game went so long. Sure. And then, two, just because all the things that I was like, oh, I don't like that it does this. And yet I still did it. And I mean, it had two daughters <laughs> and the Zenzi. So it like, oh. it had efficiency, but, but like when you have that gut feeling about what a deck does, like I knew it was good in the sense, like it could keep the game like in check with that, um, like keep you in it and keep moving things like that. But like, I also understood like it's downfall and that I don't like that it does this. And I still played it anyways. And I regretted it so much afterwards like I truly, I truly did. Like it was, it was not a fun deck to play. Like it was like, there was times I think I played on DOK when I was like, this is just like taking too long and going on. Oh, like no. every time it did that. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not about this life. And yet I still played it. So when you get like a gut feeling about a deck on what it does, no matter how good it is in terms of like one aspect, there's always going to be that moment you understand that, oh, this is like not what I like. Like listen to your gut on that because I that was my one regret was not listening to my gut in that aspect because it was very, very frustrating to to be in this like um, dragged out process that you you kind of saw what was happening constantly, but you couldn't stop it. and It just kept going forward. Like oh. uh, it was... It was insane. It was it was honestly one of the craziest games of Keyforge I ever played. Like I don't think I've ever played a twenty seven turn, and it was not like yeah. the end was like if I could, I got my opponent down to six. Like the no, the keys were seven to seven, so I I was able to go down to the exact cost of the key. But it was like for a couple turns where we were both going. You're off check by like two. You're off check by suddenly like five, and it was oh. just this back and forth. Like it was an amazing game. Like no regrets in terms of having a great Keyforge game. But it was the way a deck played sometimes. You got to listen to your gut. Like, I don't enjoy playing Keyforge this way, no matter what a deck can potentially do. And just allow yourself to to kind of move on from there. So that that was my lesson learned. If I was going to go back, I would have actually trusted my instinct to not play a deck like that, which I, I did regret doing in the end. But it was... Um, full it was logan composer i was going against full kudos to him for for really holding it down in that game because it was an incredible back and forth and he was rocking a dt deck so i i it was phenomenal to see dt rise that way nice all right so if you want to get in touch with us the best place is on discord uh, oh you might hear luna in the background growling um Aww. so uh feel free to uh, reach out to us there if you have any questions, especially Sydney, and you want to talk about anything related to selling decks. So you better uh, believe it. Yes. So uh, happy New Year, Archons, and hope we have a great 2024 ahead of us in the world of Keyforge. And as always, stay forging.